everyone uh welcome back to the dmet podcast with sky and victor uh this is episode seven and today we're going to be getting into covid of course because that's still big um mm -hmm. but also it's the end of the year so we want to go over um some goals in preparation for the next year which is hopefully going to be much better yeah i mean hopefully 2020 is a little bit better and that's what we're kind of prepping for um so again we want to share some of our personal I guess, goals for 2021 and then some goals that we have for the podcasts. Um, obviously, we uh, didn't want to include, you know, obvious metrics like gain so and so followers, but we wanted to just kind of, I guess, illuminate you guys and what our goals are as far as like actually doing this podcast, um, which for me personally is just kind of like uh, building a sense of community in a way, um, just through talking about certain ideas or certain topics that interest me um, and just building a community around that. But also just to, you know, provide people with value content as much as we can, just because we appreciate all of our listeners and we want to continue, you know, providing them with content that they'll enjoy and they'll be able to use in their everyday life. Yeah. And also, it's, you know, creating the sense of accountability, um, you know, having a personal responsibility to something rather than just continuing to drift by, which there's nothing wrong with that, I think. Um, but when you're searching for purpose or at least for your own personal meaning, it's definitely helpful to have um sort of like that block to look back at and say oh, okay well i remember what uh this overarching goal is you know mm -hmm. um and this next step is going to get me to that or it's not it's going to take me away from that and uh, that's one of the problems that i've been having um for quite some time now um just like reflecting on how i've been feeling um even though there's a lot of good like joyous moments in my life i would definitely say that i'm one of those drifters and you know there's that quote like oh not all those who wander are lost um but that's not how i'm feeling currently i've been feeling like i've been lost and you know i'm i do try and maintain a positive attitude um but there's also a positivity bias um which says that we generally tend to think we're more positive than we really are um and i am one of those people and you know i think being able to talk about like oh hey this is what my plans are and saying that to victor and saying that to the listeners is gonna give me something to think about in terms of like oh well i do have to come back with this actual um you know with what i'm working on and yeah because my right now what i'm working on is getting a facebook page um mm -hmm. or i've got a facebook group on for the podcast now um but i haven't necessarily made it public yet um there's still a lot of refining to do um but that's what's in the works for me and then obviously gaining followers um within the first quarter of the first quarter of the new year yeah i mean i think um i think having just like a roadmap in general whether it's just for your own personal project or your life is always very helpful just because it's very easy to forget your goals or your ambitions or your even your motivation sometimes you know with everything that goes on in life even if it's something you're really passionate about, the less clear that vision is, um, um, it can be very easy to lose sight of that. And that's why I think it's like very important to just kind of have like a roadmap, you know, have schedules, have, um, you know, it, but it's funny though, because even though that's something that we can all like agree to and, and, you know, look at it on paper and be like, well, of course, yeah, that sounds like it works, you know, and like, mm -hmm. yeah, why wouldn't we? It's, it's, it's something else to implement it. You know, it's, it's actually like actual work for us to implement it. And I think like what a lot of us have been used to is just showing up, for example, like just school systems, just showing up. And then, you know, your teacher already has Doing the bare minimum the lesson. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, but I'm talking about like they, they've set it up for you, you know, like it's their yeah. curriculum that they're telling you to pretty much absorb. It's not anything like they're not like, well, hey, um, I think very few of us have had the experience of going to um, schools where the teachers challenged you, you know, like, okay, well, for example, you know, being like, oh, hey, I'm a history teacher. Um, but it, for this uh, court or this season, I'm going to ask you to take, to teach, you know, take something that you want to learn about and then you teach it to the class, you know, which would be so much more valuable than just uh, showing up every day and then, you know, trying to memorize everything there and then just doing something rote and that doesn't really add much value. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about like students coming in and teaching about something that they're passionate about or? Well, I was saying like, we don't gain any value from, you know, the system. Um, Mm -hmm in place right now in schools and so how that translates to us as an as adults i think is that it doesn't prepare us adequately for us to actually be um making our own schedules you know and Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah. it's like kind of like for ourselves yeah it's kind of like oh nobody really gets those financial literacy classes or um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like a whole bunch of different things that um are so useful that we never learn about in school and like how to you know uh, travel schedule and stuff like that just like basic things to like how to motivate you but i think like yes. one of the main um i think points or like uh i guess like problems that i have is that i guess like um school like for me at least it generally does uh tend to i, I don't want to say squash creativity but um yeah and i guess i guess in a way it kind of does you know because it's like not so much about like oh let's go find out about the world let's be curious about it let's continue like asking questions it is more like you said you know about memorizing facts and making it as boring as possible because the end goal is just to make sure that you pass this one test and that's all that matters you know the knowledge that you that i guess like the genuine curiosity in in like various different topics is not built by the teacher uh they're just kind of making sure that they teach you what what is going to be on the test so that you perform and so they kind of look good so it kind of creates like this feedback loop where it's not necessarily about learning and, you know, being curious, genuinely curious about the subject. It's about learning like the bare minimum that's going to be on the test to make sure that you accomplish what you need to accomplish. And that way the teacher doesn't get in trouble, which um, obviously is like a very like, you know, reductive, like simplified version of what actually occurs. I'm sure a lot of people still had, you know, wonderful teachers, wonderful yeah. experiences that like made them be creative and like they attribute a lot of their success to. But I think like just in general, I think most people do, at least in Nevada, I, I know that I struggled a lot uh, just because a lot of my teachers were hor- horrible. I, I want to say like objectively, I know uh, it's very easy to like, I, I guess, point to like me as like being the fault in, in that equation. But I, I genuinely believe that if anybody saw like, the teachers that I had, especially in middle school, um, <laughs> they maybe understand, but uh, or they would agree rather. But yeah, I think that's I wish not I something could see that. that. Yeah, I think that's still something that we should definitely, I think, strive for, like just in society in general, is just to make sure that we, I guess, entice and or I guess entice that creativity and um, I guess perpetuate it, help perpetuate it in kids so then they grow up and to be, you know, um, you know, creative people and that try new things, that discover new things and yeah, are just generally motivated, I, agree. I think. So I don't necessarily think that it was that it's like outright squashed, um, you know, but I think that the the fact that they're not promoting um you know, creative thinking like that in schools, or they weren't mm-hmm. at least, you know, we're, we're, we, we do talk really broadly, but I, I was, I'm not um, someone who grew up in Nevada. Um, I actually graduated from school in California, right? And, you know, I, I, I was pretty average, um, but I felt like, you know, ugh, I could skate through life because, you know, I'm, I'm relatively um, able to pick up things quick. 
Mm-hmm. So, and then it wasn't until like now that I'm out here trying to like survive, you know, as being an adult that I'm like, oh, you know what? This is where all that is hurt. So I don't necessarily think that they stifled my ability to be creative. I just don't think that um, they encouraged it. And and you know, like, again, I agree with you. Yes. I mean, or I'm sorry. I agree with you, Victor, that, right. You know, the common person in the equation too is also ourselves. Um, but, you know, like when we're young adults, we do need to be guided sort of, you know, especially by people who have been here longer and have those experiences to teach us from, you know, they could have, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, now we are starting to have more um, passionate teachers who want mm-hmm. to, you know, definitely promote that kind of cur- curiosity within us and, you know, um, spark, uh, have those questions that spark and spark us to, you know, sort of achieve different levels of greatness or even just uncover being able to uncover what is offered on earth yeah right? yeah for sure i think um you know like a new curriculum that you know i guess assesses like the actual goals that we want to achieve in society and primes kids to do that i think would be very beneficial i think like an overhaul is long overdue but um yeah i think um hopefully we reach that uh, end goal soon because i think it's very important and i think just society in general would be a lot better if kids um were better educated and yeah, just as simple as simple as that, I think. No, I was going to ask you if you if you've heard about this school, uh, the school in San Diego called High Tech High, I think it is, where mm-hmm. it's not regular curriculum that the kids, the curriculum that the kids are taught, like if they're asked, uh, you know, like their classes tend to sort of meld together in the sense that like there's um, like an overarching uh, like uh, project that they all have to complete pretty much that mm-hmm. they have to complete um, but it like pretty much um, allows the students to like you know if they're doing something in chemistry then they're gonna have to um, dive into physics um, because of just the, the way um, yeah everything's kind of interconnected in a way exactly and teachers are allowing for that um, you know those boundaries to be lowered so that everyone so that you know you can get a different feel of what um, yeah yeah you get what i'm you get what i mean there, no so. for sure and i think this is like even extending over to like the corporate world as well like um in companies like apple amazon um at the higher echelon, echelons at least um it's very obvious that like this very hierarchical system where only one person has say um is it it has its i mean i'm sure it's more effective in certain things like if you have like one person making all the decisions there's less argumentation that needs to be had or discussions that need to be have uh, had about certain things but um in I think like when I was reading like Steve Jobs book, he specifically was very or I guess he was very obsessed with like company culture and how people generated ideas um, and how, you know, people achieved the uh, the goals of the company. And he found okay. that communication and horizontal management where like everybody was able to talk to everybody um, seemed mm-hmm. to work well. And I think it's just like I think I don't want to say they're entirely comparable, but it just seems that like a lot of these companies and schools, um, I think the way that they were running, maybe they filled some specific purpose, such as like, you know. I guess, prepare people to work in factories like a long time ago. But I think now they were like in a with technology advancing so rapidly. I think they're I, th- I guess it's starting to show its age, you know, and I feel like and now would be mm-hmm. like a really good time to like start trying things out that um, that we've seen work in like European countries or like more developed countries where they have like better educational outcomes than us. But um, yeah, to kind of tie this back into the uh, the goals for the podcast or I guess like just the personal personal goals that we had, did that somehow like tie back into that kind of tied into like what you were talking about, right? That you were just looking to be a little bit more motivated. I don't know, like if you wanted to continue on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to be more motivated, but also just um, I wanted to sort of um, well, I wanted to set up 
and organize a routine, like a daily routine that I could come back to. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like every day brings its troubles, its trials, right? Um, but I yeah. wanted something to have like at its core, something that I could stick to. So like, for example, um, I went to college uh, over at CSU East Bay for one year and I completely failed. But, you know, I'm thinking about something like that where, you know, you have that like three days out of the week or two days out of the week for three hours, you know, you dedicate yourself to something and then hopefully um, the way that you're engaging with it and it's engaging you, um, you get something from it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted, like a a routine that I can maintain, you know, with core things like something like I want to keep up um, like reading, um, dedicating time for this podcast. Um, And then also just kind of like a workout schedule, things like that. And then also doing um, and in line with the podcast, finding and finding other um, Latinx pages and podcasts and then Mm -hmm. engaging with those um, because I really want to know what's up. Because, you know, we actually um, talked um, like preface to this episode and I was like, oh, we should mention, um, you know, Latinx uh, producers out here um, and directors and, you know, just a, a lot of our work needs to be um obviously uplifted and then you know victor mentioned to me um well you know not all of us are having those experiences and that was something that was really like um like what is that it it was very pertinent because i'm like oh snap you know here i am trying to be like hey like i i really um like i'm super mexican but i'm like no i didn't really have those experiences but i do want to connect you know i did always want to connect to that side of me i feel um like my spanish has deteriorated um but it's i think i'm because of how dedicated i'm feeling like that's something that i want to bring up too is how i want to have um my spanish be at a level where i can maintain conversations without sort of blanking out on them because i don't know how to say what i have to say in spanish you know Mm -hmm. yeah so improving that and then just last one is just be more informed um i want to be able to um participate in the next local elections um here in nevada so Mm -hmm. i want to bring that to this podcast too i think like with habits it's like really um weird because i know like sometimes like with habits i mean they do have the potential to take to elevate you you know to like a very high degree um and the thing with habits is as well is that you're it's like constant repetition of like a particular thing you know and as Mm -hmm. we've talked various different times you know repetition uh eventually leads to mastery and whatever you know habit that you're continuously practicing at so i think like that's super um beneficial that's like a really good thing to focus on as well and i know i've recommended it to you but in case like any of our any of our uh, audience members or listeners um want to check this book out it's called atomic habits i forgot the author's name but it's like one of the best books that i've ever read in terms of like um getting rid of your negative habits and forming productive habits um so i highly recommend that book especially if you're in a mind rut or something like that because it's just like very inspiring the stories that it tells and like then the methods that they kind of prescribe are i don't know i think i want to say they're kind of life-changing as well you know because i mean if you're able to reach something because of this book um and what it has in it i mean i think it's it's going to change your life so um, did you implement any of like its recommendations or did you implement um any of those prescriptions that you're talking about of course to Mm -hmm. your life yeah and what differences do you see do you feel like sharing any of that uh as far as like um like the actual habits or like what the outcomes were yes the outcome that's pretty cool Nothing yeah like the other uh, habits um yeah. well like one of the ha- there's it's like been like a lot of the things that kind of just melded into my personality now so I, like i don't really like have that at the top of my head but one mm-hmm. of the things that i do remember uh, doing is just kind of like um i guess uh infusing like whatever habit that i was think of, of that i was wanting to develop into my personality 
to where it's like if I wanted to make sure that I was playing the piano, I would, you know, constantly make that a thing about me. You know, it's like, oh, I play the piano where I would like legitimately tell people that like, oh, I play the piano just because it would kind of, you know, in a way make it a part of my identity. And like if like I guess if you make something about your identity, your ego kind of gets involved a little bit. So like if you're not continuously Aww. practicing and actually doing these things, I mean, you're, it's kind of like a self accountability psychological trick in a sense. But there's like a whole bunch of different um, methods oh, you know, like, in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I tell you something that's so crazy? Because I was OK. So um, you've mentioned before, like just when we talked about how uh, you just briefly brought up like game, you don't really play, play video games or anything like that or any kind of games pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. And so yeah, I was just thinking like every day I pretty much log on to Pokemon Go just to do like whatever it is like for that mission, you know, and, and then to earn a stamp um, for the day because you, you do get some points off of that. And I was like, hmm, I wonder how, if there's any way that I could kind of like, you know, for the cap for the habits that I do want to implement in my life, if I can just kind of like make them into a video game in my own head where I give myself like a set of points, you know, kind of, I don't know if you ever were familiar with the Weight Watchers thing. I don't know too much about it, but I just know that food was assigned a certain amount of points. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you either did or you didn't want to reach those kinds of points. And so I was thinking about doing something like that with my hat with, you know, what I'm trying to set up for my new routine. So that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. It's like um, it's like something similar as well with like other video games that I've played where you have like daily quests, which is what assuming what I'm assuming that the uh, Pokemon thing is not necessarily about the points, but it's just like certain things that you do that if you do them for long enough, you eventually, you know, accumulate some type of you gain something from it, essentially. You do. And yeah, that's yeah. that's one thing about like um, like a real life as well. It's like the same thing that I felt when I was playing a lot of video games. I would always like feel guilty when I would play video games or engage in like some type of entertainment that I felt like was not really, I guess, uh making me more productive or um, causing me to, or I guess like getting me closer to a certain goal. Well, I really want to know, um, do you still hold that belief that video games aren't going to get you to, to your goal? Well, what yeah, I mean, they're is? just, it's like, I mean, I don't know what, like, unless you're like, your goal is to like, be like a YouTuber that plays a video game, then I don't think so. I mean, it's like a cost benefit analysis It's the same thing that I kind of do with my family to an extent where it's like, I have these goals, um, but then I also want to like, you know, be able to connect with my family, but I have to like somehow balance these out. Um, and currently, like, you know, like, I feel like achieving my goals is just uh, maybe like something a little bit more pressing because I don't want to be at the job that I'm at. I don't ever actually want to work another, you know, nine to five job or something like that. I want to, you know, create some type of di- or I guess like just diversify my income uh, by creating content or by doing something work from home. Um, so if I'm not working, if I'm not actively working towards those goals because I'm playing video games or something like that, I feel like I'm just like feeding, you know, this life that I have now, it's like um. Like, instead of, like, nourishing the other life that I want to have, I'm just, you know, continuously feeding the life that I already currently do have by being complacent, by being, you know, content, I guess, in a sense. And that's just, like, a very uncomfortable feeling to me, like, personally. Um, I don't like feeling like that. It's the same reason, like, um, it, it, why, like, even on my days off, I feel like I'm, even when I get off of work, you know, I feel like I'm always working, whether it's, like, on the podcast or in a different project or reading or something like that. Because if I'm not in that state of mind where I'm, like, constantly doing something productive that I, uh, then I just, I don't know, I feel, like, off. And then I feel guilty the next day. It's like eating a cheesecake, you know? It's, like, it's really good. But after a while, you kind of feel, like, that little guilty. I guess, like, it's that guilty pleasure, you know? But then, also, it's not even that I don't want to play video games just because I'm, like, fully dedicated to, like, being productive or whatever. But I just don't genuinely, like, find them fun anymore. So I think that kind of helps me out a bit as well. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, though. Like, if you felt like they, you had gotten anything from them before, um, and if you, if you even felt like there was any kind of benefit to them. But if you don't even find them fun, then there's really no point. Well, you need, like, some type of outlet, you know, because you can't always be, like, super productive or, like, just working all the time, because that also will eat you up, and it'll, like, um, in a way, inhibit your creativity as well, or, like, 
mm-hmm. your openness to like be able to uh, make new connections. So you do need to find like an outlet where you can just go and you know fuck around like kill people or whatever like in a video game or draw or like something like that but like to me like those uh i guess like hobbies always end up turning into like okay is this something that i can like you know uh make money out of is this something that i can like do as a content because it's obviously like you kind of like the thing about that mentality is that you're always like trying to like find reasons for why you're doing the thing you're doing in in a sense if you're like genuinely like passionate about this thing and you're not doing it for like any monetary gain or to like get really good at it or something like that that's like cool but then like when you like do this for like a very long time it it just kind of like naturally like leads you to that you know it's like okay well what can i do to like either use this to develop certain skills or like use this to monetize or like i guess monetize this in some some certain way and I mean, it does happen like also like when I play video games, like every once in a while, it's like, oh, why don't I just start like a YouTube channel? Like where you like exactly. upload funny plays those or something are, like that. Those and, up. Yeah. And like those are that's like really cool. And like I like doing that. But at the same time, it's like um, it's not just about the video game anymore. You know, it's like, OK, well, like, I don't know. It's um, it's a it's a balance. I think it's a balancing act for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I can um, see that. Um, yeah. But I mean, my manual as, like, dexterity isn't there for the video games, really. I don't think about I, I could build it up, but it's just, I don't know. I, I think, like, moving around in those worlds kind of, like, and then having to use the two toggles are sort of confusing for me. And, you know, like, whatever, I've tried to get into them. It's not me know, entirely. Definitely not for everybody. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's just, like, a little brief overview. But, um, which kind of turns into, like, one of the goals that I actually had for next year where it's, I feel like this whole year was just, like, a huge fucking mental rut just in general. And mm-hmm. even though, like, I talk about these type of things about, like, being super productive, I feel like this year I've completely, like, let myself down. Understandably, I think, which, because I, I, I don't want to push myself too hard either, you know? Um, I did go, th- go through some stuff that just kind of got me out of whack a little bit. But I feel like now I'm just kind of getting back into the mood of things. And I don't know, I feel like I do have like some plans for 2021 that I want to start implementing again and projects that I want to start getting back into. So I'm looking forward to a lot of that. Yeah, this um, was. Uh, do, do you feel like um, more of the world was like inspired to do something um, beneficial with this time? Or did, do you think like most of us just sort of let this all pass by? Like, and, and I would say like, okay, just, just throw out some number that you think, obviously like these, we have no, you know, information on this, mm-hmm. but what would you say like percentage wise, the United um, States there or Nevada, whatever. Well, I mean, considering that like half of the United States, like know somebody that died or like that was hospitalized uh, due to COVID, I would say it's like pretty up there in terms of like the people that just had a horrible year. Um, so I don't think it's like many people that were just able to like stay afloat and just, you know, it was just another year to them. Um, uh, I'm sure they they exist, you know, I think like certain, if certain things hadn't happened for me, like I definitely would have had like a, just like any other year, you know, it's just like certain things that were just like really bad and like everything else that was happening just didn't help at all, you know? But, right. um, yeah, I don't, I don't like a specific number. I want to say like, <laughs> like definitely more than 50, more than 50%, I would say definitely struggled through this year more than 50% of the entire nation possibly the world, but there are a lot of places they were able to like control the COVID virus and are kind of getting back to normal now. So still a generalization, but like I'm saying like 2020, we're looking towards that. We have big plans for the podcasts. Um, obviously how we were mentioning it. Oh yeah. 2021. Um, like obviously we want to start like a Discord community as well, where a lot of, um, or just like anybody can join and talk to us and, you know, have conversations and kind of form that community. Just because, uh, again, we want to offer something for people. And I feel like a lot of people now with like the whole loneliness crisis and whatnot, I feel like people are looking for a connection of, in a sense. And I don't know, I think it'll be really cool to offer that to people that are like minded, that have similar interests, that are um, interested in doing things and learning. So 
hopefully we get that in the um you know the next couple of months because i think that'll be really beneficial um but as well like uh, one of the things that we were also talking about yesterday or a few days ago was about producing more value content which i briefly mentioned at the start of the podcast um i am very if you guys haven't noticed i'm very much into you know self-development growth all that stuff um so i don't know maybe like i'll start doing hopefully we'll start you know doing uh, little segments of how to do this or that or how we're doing or how our podcast is doing so then maybe you can get some information in in case you want to do something like that or something similar or in terms of content creation so we'll definitely be looking into adding more va- value in general um but we'll also be still talking about politics and trying to keep you everybody informed so and if you still guys, have the political drama if y'all are um you know sort of specialize in something uh, specialize in a certain knowledge you know or a certain background um please e- reach out to us um because we would probably love to have a conversation on here you know and you could we could all get the gears rolling right yeah absolutely we're always looking for anybody who wants to collaborate or that anybody that wants to come on and share their view that's always open um so if you guys would like to go ahead and schedule that um definitely reach out to either sky or i or just to our um the demon podcast social media yep. which uh you know you can find us on twitter at podcast demon and on tiktok and instagram at demon podcast so definitely messages there if you're interested or if you just want to like follow along but yeah i think that's like uh like just our goals in general for 2021 i don't think we got like too much into the podcast but there wasn't anything or like much to get into it as well but uh for me like quickly to kind of go over like some of the i didn't even actually do my homework for this podcast because i was supposed to have like a you know super long uh, list of goals that i had for like 2021 but i know like at the top of my head i have like at least two that i'm really trying to focus on and one of them is just connecting again with my family uh, because i do feel like i'm going to be in, in here in vegas at least till like m- the early february now just due to some changes so i feel like i'm going to be here for a little bit more so i have time to like actually connect with them and i would like to leave a little bit more connected um before i go to mexico again than i did the previous time so that's like one of my biggest goals that I have for at least the beginning of next year. And the next is obviously, you know, taking this podcast a little bit more seriously, doing a little bit more work on it. And finally, you know, revitalizing a lot of the old projects that I kind of set aside because of 2020. Yeah, 2020. I was going to say 2021. But uh, because of 2020, um, which are all still waiting for me, you know, it's like a whole bunch of to do a whole bunch of to do lists. So that's going to be fun getting it back into that. Looking forward uh, yeah. to knowing what these projects are, Victor. That'll oh, for so sure. Cool. I'll definitely be sharing them on this podcast and talking about them. Uh, one of them is for sure my music. That's something that I um, like. I have these songs that I kind of wrote or, or like, I guess, um, made like during 2020 as well. But I just I would like to like go ahead and add lyrics already just because it's like I'm never going to find like I don't it's really hard to find somebody like like that's like an actual like I guess musician or artist that like kind of has a similar vision. Or just in general, like I found, like even some of the communities that I join, it's like very competitive and just like very um, people are weird about working with each other. So, um, yeah, I do want to start looking either for other people to collaborate with in terms of like music. But if not, then just kind of, you know, hopefully release, continue releasing music and releasing a project maybe early next year. Should be but, fun because um, I would love to hear some of that. I remember when I when we met back in the 2017, um, at some point we we're having a conversation and I was like, hey, so what kind of music do you listen to? And then you were so vague. You were like, I'm really into experimental music. I'm listening to ex- to some experimental stuff. And I was like, oh, um, tell me, like, tell me what I can look for. And you didn't tell me what it was. But hmm. now I just remembered. I just remembered we we hung out one other t- one time, and it was in that parking lot. Um, 
Oh yeah, Sweet Trip. What is who? Sweet Trip, one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah, that was it. That's what we were listening to. I remember now. Um, Sweet yeah. Trip. I looked them up. Sweet Trip, very good band. You, all right. Um, Sweet. <laughs> I don't even because I don't remember. But okay. no, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Sweet Trip. I definitely remember. Wow, um, that is good. But to kind of move on now, we just kind of got kind of wanted to give you guys a little preview of what's to come um, and then just kind of, you know, tie it into our personal goals to maybe, you know, help you guys get inspired and motivated. But uh, to kind of move on to, you know, some current events that's been hitting the rounds on online. Um, Trump. So it looks like Trump is finally I don't know if he actually conceded, it, but I think he posted a tweet earlier, like right when I got home from work today. Um, saying something like, or at least addressing, you know, the Biden administration and how once they come in, they're going to start having all these issues or something, which kind of implies that he's accepted that he lost now and that, I mean, all of his, um, I guess, lawsuits are just, well, yeah, they're, most of them are pretty much jokes, but um, that was kind of interesting. Baseless. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just to kind of briefly, I guess, ask you is like, wh- what do you think about like Trump's legacy? Like, what, what are you going to remember these four, past four years as? Or like, was there anything that kind of just stuck out to you or uh, as the man, like not necessarily like what he did, but just like what kind of legacy do you think he kind of left for himself, like in general? And then just you personally? I would say it, it was a joke and, um, you know, kind of everything that comes with a joke they say that jokes hold truths in them so it was funny but at the at what cost you know at Mm -hmm. what cost was it funny so um the biggest thing you know while i was going over um the the sheet that we have for the show um everything that stuck out to me was like the 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 misinformation and episode one we talked about how i was unsure of who to vote for and boom that was perfect because that's what he wanted you know, he wanted to spread mm-hmm. stuff that would get you qu- to question and to not really even want to be a part of the system. Um, and and that's so important. It's so important that we take this seriously, you know, because it's yeah. not a joke. This is, you know, it's a position where he's supposed to be our leader. He's supposed to be at the forefront of who we are and what we stand for and where we're trying to go. And, you know, he set us back in, in a way. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think he did in more way than just one. But um, and it, and it's kind of like, you know, sad that uh, I think like now people are starting to realize that like, holy shit, I I mean, I'm pretty sure there's still going to be a group of people, um, working class people that just ignore politics because whatever they're going through is way more pressing than whatever fucking drama shit is going on in the White House right now. But uh, just to kind of give people some perspective, I mean, it, I think today, like literally today as well, uh, we finally hit uh, 300,000 people that have died in, in America or in the States. And that's like more than any other country, you know, that's like over a quarter of a million already. So we're pretty close to hitting that. I mean, half a million mark. Um, and it's probably going to continue. We're probably going to reach that um, just because we're not going to have or last I read. We're not going to have uh, vaccines widely or I guess widely available until like June or like April or something like that. So it's still going to continue for a while. And I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're like one of those people that were affected by uh, by the death of a loved one, I think now is like the time that's like kind of just hitting you that you know votes matter and like your politics matter and hopefully i guess that's kind of the legacy that i see of him um not necessarily like like as the person himself but like just what he's done to the world and in definitely in america um i feel like he's just definitely woken a lot of people up uh to the realities of what happens when you just let unqualified people govern and yeah hopefully it never happens again so um, all, right. all right, guys, and we did have a question for our audience today, um, just anybody in general, but we were wondering 
if you guys have any thoughts on religious people and the way that they vote um, as a general group, but also specifically if you are religious, um, do you personally support Trump? Fuck, I don't even know if that's how we should phrase that's, it. Yeah, no, that is good. That is good because, you know, this is me automatically. I was automatically assuming that the person is religious, you know, mm -hmm. or the person who I want answering. But I think that that's true. I want to see where other people think, um, you know, whether they're religious or not, where they think a religious person might vote for. Because, you know, I, I do have like a... a diverse people that I uh, people that I've um I guess sort of met in Las Vegas and and therefore follow on Facebook mm -hmm. and um you know like someone's like a pastor and he's really young and he's cool you know he seems like he could get along with the kids you know or get along with mm -hmm. the youth I should say and connect um so that's why I'm curious and you know at, at, before the election he's like we all know who we're gonna like he was just not he was not being direct but he was saying posting things like uh we know who the chosen one is you know, and, and if you're in the know, oh, then God. you're in the know. So I'm just like, uh, who, who are you talking about? You know, like, I really don't know. They both. Well, I know like a be. lot of like Christians and well, I guess I'll answer this question, but like, um, well, not really answer, but I guess I'll provide some context. Um, I know that a there lot of go. religious people and evangelicals specifically, they are single issue. Yeah, they're uh, single issue voters. So one of the things that Trump, you know, promised them or I guess um, promised to get them was the Supreme Court pick, you know, um, Amy Conan Barrett. I forgot her name already. Amy. I forgot her initials, too. But basically, Amy, the the person that he nominated uh, is a very hardcore. Well, I don't want to say hardcore, but she's Catholic and she has very strong views on abortion. And that's what a lot of conservative, I guess, uh, religious people are pivoting towards or I guess like um. And that's why he did that before in, the election, like, because I know that he was he was catching flack for that, like, oh, he's the only sitting president um, who, who's, ele who's elected in a, um, um, a Supreme Court justice um, in so many years. So, I did, but I didn't understand the significance of that. Oh, I well, see. no, so he, he actually did like I think vote? he did two more. No, because oh, it's like um, that's he replaced um, RBG. Fuck, was that her name too? RGB? I don't even Ruth fucking know. Bader Ruth, Ginsburg. yeah, Ruth uh, Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. Uh, with Amy and obviously Ruth has like a very like you know long history of women's rights, abortion rights, um, social justice in general. She, she died though, didn't she? Yeah, that's who she replaced. Um, Amy oh, okay. With. I thought you meant. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought like he kicked her out of office. Or I no, thought that yeah, that's what you died. were saying. Um. Yeah, and that's because she was like a hardcore Catholic, and you know she has like pretty, I guess, known views on abortion. Um. Mm -hmm. Although she's like, you know, made, made various different statements of how her religion is not going to inform her decision on like, you know, potentially, um, I guess, rescinding, you know, Roe v. Wade. Uh, you got to say that. Yeah. And then yeah, like, the you got to seem impartial. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, it's going to be hard to say like whether that's going to be true or not. But a lot of religious people see it as like, OK, well, um, you know, we've have this person in the Supreme Court now. So now we have like a um, it, they just increase like their advantage to possibly getting what they want. You know, it's not a guarantee. And that's like what political, you know, um, strategy is. It's like you're you're it's not necessarily that one move is just going to completely, you know, give you everything you want. It's about getting various of these like various uh, strategical strategical advantages to where if one fails, you have like a million things to fall back on. And uh, that's why a lot of people, you know, supported Trump, even though he's like a very horrible person. A lot of religious people view him as like an imperfect vessel um, doing God's deeds. You know, it's like he's not the perfect person, but the things that he's doing are leading to the outcomes that we want. Therefore, oh, oh my God, he's a chosen one type of shit. I see. I it's super see, cringe. You know how I feel about religious people, uh, but mm -hmm. or like religion in general. But that's yeah. the gist, I believe. Mm. Um, as far as like uh, religious people on the left, though, I'm not sure. Um, just because I know the uh, Democrats have been trying to, 
uh, appeal to religious people as well because they believe that the conservative or like i guess the republican party um believes that they have a monopoly on religious people um and again it's just because the democrats have such a huge tent um if you're ever like a very orthodox you know i don't know like a christian that doesn't believe in like gay marriage or like any other religion um you know you're gonna have a hard time in, in supporting a lot of the democrat tickets because a lot of them you know also offer gay rights um, and again, these two things are not comparable, obviously, because one person's rights are not the same as like another person's, you know, religious beliefs. Those two things are not equal as much as people want to believe that they are. But um, yeah, so it's like it's that's what again, we've talked about this various different times. What makes a lot of the Democratic messaging very difficult and hard to execute sometimes. Mm. But that's my take on your question. <laughs> that's that's cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, to go back to Trump's legacy, I mean, that's definitely, you know, something that's also going to be impacting a lot of people in the future. You know, this, uh, I guess um, this, you know, kind of like Jessica was where she felt like uh, very insecure, like, you know, the, for the past four years because of Trump, what he was what he might do to DACA. And now, you know, I guess people are like women now, uh, men, too, I'm imagining, you know, have an issue with like, OK, well, what's going to happen to the Supreme Court regarding Roe v. Wade? So it's yeah, it's not a good, you know, it's part of his legacy. It's part of what he did. It's part of what he promised to do. So. It's going to so even even though he's gone, sometimes. you know, he did a lot of damage and it's going to take a long time to fix. So that's going to be interesting. That's it. Exactly. But I mean, you know, I think the the message that is repeated often is that this is what needed to happen in terms of uncovering it so that we can, you know, mm -hmm. take that call to action. Yeah, it sucks that this needed to happen. You know, it's like kind of like medicine where like people only go to the doctor like once they're fucking hard, having a heart attack instead of like going like. Like prefer uh, preventative care you know it's like okay like you've been feeling like this bad for like how long and like you just waited until you got a fucking heart attack um i think i still think that's pretty like silly you know that it took us like this person to fucking wake everybody up to like how broken the system was um so well to know. that i would have to say to that i would have to say like referring to religious texts and, and and just because i'm i'm trying to like get more um i'm trying to read out of a curiosity now the bible too so anyway you know it says something about uh watching over your neighbor too you know um mm -hmm. so i think that that's you know we we can easily say like oh well it's you know how come it did it, we had to wait for this person but at the same time we weren't checking each other and you know even now um one of the things that i notice is just how sketchy it, one of our episodes was about social trust and so I keep talking about how I feel towards my my literal actual neighbors, you know, people in my neighborhood um, for no particular reason other than I feel like being antisocial. So, you know, I, I sometimes mm. don't like to make eye contact in that nature, you know, so it's about checking each other now too, um, to make sure to that we prevent this, you know, we have to we have to check each other and check ourselves, you know, like mm, it's yeah. so easy to pass the blame and, and you know, just tisk at, at the results. But at the same time, like where we played a part in it, you know, and that's what that's why, you know, um it's important to have that responsibility you know to enact that taking it all back right to the beginning um yeah, of the episode yeah i think this is going to be like you know a nationwide i guess like thing that we have to kind of tackle together i don't think it's going to be like one policy or like one big change is going to i guess it start the building process to us trusting each other again i think it's definitely going to be like you know millions of individual I guess interactions between citizens you know happening um in terms of like um getting us closer to building back that trust that we lost under trump so yeah i think it's definitely going to be up to all of us if we really want to change the if we want to save the country i mean it's what well, it's going to have to happen um otherwise yeah i mean the more the less that we trust each other like 
the worse things are going to get, like the more divided we're going to be, like, I don't know. It can lead to like very scary places. But um, mm-hmm. and that's something that like, you know, another demagogue, I know I've like read a lot of different articles about how, um, you know, Trump just got lucky in a sense. Like he's not he's not that smart. I mean, um, compared to like other, you know, dictators and like fascists or whatever that have um, ruled in history. So if he already kind of proved that it's very easy, you know, um, with the right rhetoric to get to the presidency. Imagine with like God. a very skilled, you know, That's so scary, politician. Yeah. yeah mm. That actually wants to enact harm to like, you know, minorities or whatever, what have you. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the end. I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Biden. I don't know how his administration we must is be go. vigilant. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just not about politicians that are like in office. Now we also have to like, you know, look at people that are coming up, like who's, you know, making waves or whatever. So it's, you know, it's tough, but I mean, Nobody said life was going to be easy, so. Right, right. We're, we've, we're signed on, you know. Yeah. Not too and many to options kinda, to leave. Absolutely. And that's how I actually feel to kind of segue into like our COVID section. Um, I remember like, um, you know, for our listeners, I had plans of like going back to Mexico, like after the holidays. But, you know, with the new announcement of a possible vaccine, you know, being rolled out. Uh, well, it already got approved by, by the FDA, which that's really exciting news. But um, now I think I am just going to either wait for it or just because it's just going to be a few more months. You know, I think it'll be a lot more irresponsible for me to like leave my family here and go travel and potentially get sick or have them get sick. And I think it's just, it'll be like better if I just kind of stay here and get the vaccine and then go. So yeah, like I'm <laughs> delaying things again, but I think it's for the greater good because I mean, like 300,000 deaths that we hit in COVID, like I think on Wednesday, and then uh, the seven day averages, the hospitalizations, like we're all at record highs again. So, it's, and then um, Nevada, has yeah, like the, we're like uh, highest. Well, what did you say? Uh, Nevada has the highest um, per capita hospitalizations as of today, twelve eleven. Yeah, for sure. So that's gonna be really yikesy. Um, but as far as like the vaccine, like how do you feel? Like, do you feel like um, that's something that you would want to get now? Because I know like there's been like a based on what I've read. Uh, just because it got approved by the FDA doesn't like necessarily mean that they're going to continue approving it like, you know, past a certain period if like a another vaccine comes along. But one of the interesting things that I read was that this has been like a trial for like only two months. Like this vaccine has been on trial for like two months. So that's pretty much all we have to go by as far as like um, how long the immunization is going to last, which a lot of people are expecting is going to last a lot longer, obviously. And that's why people are getting it. But uh, another thing that they kind of mentioned is that they don't know if the vaccine itself actually prevents people from getting infected or if it just suppresses, you know, the symptoms, uh, which would make it so that maybe you don't get the symptoms, but you're still like shedding the virus and like passing it along off to somebody who might not have potentially gotten that vaccine and still give them like really um, give them like bad COVID, you know? So I was just wondering, like, do you feel like now is the time to get a vaccine? If you had the chance, because right now, if you're you don't really have one unless you're like a, right. in the, um, you know, I guess health healthcare field. But like if it was available, was that something that you would be willing to get or? I mean, I would say like just think about it really in terms of like how we normally if, if you know, the world was in place like it normally was without COVID, um, we would be looking at this very skeptically. Um, and, you know, we yeah, because vaccines actually take a really long time to develop as well. From I, I, you so. know, I'm not even sure, but it, it tends to be years, isn't it? Some of them can be years, I should say, mm-hmm. years long. Yeah, because you want to test. Yeah, because yeah, you also want to like, um, like see if like any like other um, ailments, you know, develop because of that vaccine. So it's like it's not 
too much of like a stretch to say that two months is not enough, I think. But yeah, it's still like definitely something to consider, I think. Um, and that's what I was kind of thinking about today. It's like, fuck, I kind of kind of glad that we don't like it's not widely available yet. And like certain people are going to get it just because I've also heard that a lot of that. I guess some people like for the second vaccine, were getting like very severe, severe allergy reactions. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how like these are rolled out. I know there's going to be like a lot of logistical issues, like in terms of like getting them out and people are already warning that there's going to be, you know, errors. Um, there's going to be problems with uh, facilitating a lot of these uh, vaccination programs. But um, yeah, hopefully everything goes smoother than expected. And if it works, you know, good. I'm definitely, you know, going to be the first in line to get it. Um, I can. But um, yeah, I definitely would like to see like other options and more information about like other vaccines that are being developed as well. Yeah, I'd agree to that. I mean, I think that it's coming with its own set of problems at the moment right now because of like the temperatures that they have to keep them. So hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, if these are sort of the entry point um, to us, even us producing um, vaccines more rapidly, um, more ethically, more ethically um, than cool. Um, but I just hope that we'll be able to provide them to people who need them. You know yeah for sure uh so pretty much just wanted to i mean we've all heard about how trump um pretty much what trump's campaign um was trying to overturn the results of the election um, um in each state um but so he was at one point saying that the lawsuit he filed for nevada there was a robust body of evidence quote unquote oh, God. Um, yeah, to support the allegation that there was over 61,000 ballots um, that were invalid, pretty much. And the Nevada Attorney General says that there wasn't any evidence of that. So that ca that's, not, uh, ca that's no longer um, viable. Um, and then there is a sex worker suing the governor's office for taking a double standard approach um, to which... Uh, businesses are being deemed as essential um, and others that aren't getting, um, I guess, opened, even though they're sort of, um, they kind of have close contact, similar close contact. Um, mm -hmm. So she works at the Bunny Ranch. Um, and then she's talking about how people can go get massages, you know, and kind of be in the similar kind of setting as far as like, you know, someone might be, um, undressed just depending because i also know that they're that they were doing massages like at at caesar's palace um and you know some for some of those luxurious massages you do need to be undressed right mm -hmm. um and you know she's like why are they opening there why is that allowed but i'm not allowed to give one of my clients a massage for example because this is this brothel is closed essentially um so they're suing the governor right now um but they haven't made any um they haven't provided a response well good luck to them i mean i doubt they're gonna get anywhere just because it's i mean a lot of people are kind of making that argument as well like bars like how come bars on in the uh, casinos are open but like not the ones that are like outside or like uh, you know outside of the strip but i mean th that's the whole thing it's like tourists are gonna come and if they, even if they get infected they're not gonna be a burden on our healthcare system they're gonna go back to their state and they're gonna you know as fucked up as it sounds they're gonna use up a bed over there you know and the thing that we want to prevent here is our locals getting sick. That's the important part that I feel like a lot of people are missing. It's like that's the thing that we don't want to um, get infected, even though they, we currently are at a very, you know, I think the, the highest, right? Like one of the highest rates or something like the highest per capita for hospitalizations. Hospitalizations. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So well, I, mean, I think there's arguments to be made. What? 
Well, we don't we don't know like if locals frequent um, brothels here. More well, the thing than is, like, outsiders. it's not even brothels. It's like just about everything else. It's like if something is open or whatever, and like it, like for example, like bars. If there are like more local bars, uh, if local bars are open, that means that more locals are going to go to those bars, not necessarily like tourists. So it's like the same thing with uh, brothels, you know, I'm pretty sure there's still like a lot of like locals that go to brothels. Um, and even if tourists go there as well, it's like, I mean, I don't I don't know. It's well, I know those? more locals. I know more locals who go get massages than I know. Well, I guess they're not sharing that information with me, but I was going to say I know more locals who go get massages than locals who go to a brothel. But yeah, as I just said, I don't know. I, I, people aren't sharing that information with me, you know, whether or not they're visiting sex yeah. workers well um i just would have to say that it's like if she mentioned in the article that they take um precautionary measures um to keep the sex workers safe you know but i guess uh, and she says like you know she says something to the line along the lines of you know the sex workers i i trust the sex workers and the customers to take um all the necessary cautionary uh cautionary measures but at the same time i'm thinking "Mm." I don't know if I would trust. Yeah, it's gonna be the, like so hard to do. No, I, I, you know, like if we have like a set of systems where we have to like wipe this air, you know, ma- no mask off or whatever, you know, um, have to use dental dams and shit like that. Like, okay, fine, maybe whatever kind of argument you're trying to make there, but like to say that you trust other people, uh, oh god, there's that argument again, Jesus. Yeah, I don't even think, I don't know, I don't think it's viable. I mean, it's going to, even if they use, like, all the protections, that, I don't know, people are going to be, like, drunk or whatever, they're going to be, like, less um, careful, I don't know. It just seems like a bad idea, so they can try to, like, sue, I mean, you know, good luck to them. Um, I just don't think anything's going to come from that, but who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, because then at, the, at that like point, it's like, standard. you can just make an argument for, like, everything else. It's like, all right, we'll just let the fucking bars open again, like, fuck it. Like, why are you, like, everybody's just going to be like, okay, well, it's a double standard now, because they're allowed to, like, go out and perform their businesses, why can't everybody else? But uh, to kind of go back to the campaign lawsuits as well, like uh, very briefly, since we're kind of running out of time here, um, I think it's very interesting that a lot of the evidence that some of these lawsuits claim that they have is just pretty much like affidavits. And, uh, you know, an affidavit is not necessarily proof. It's evidence um, that you still have to vet, you know, because people can just lie in an affidavit or they can misconstrue things, which is. Tell what us I think what has... an affidavit is, because I don't know what that is. So an affidavit is like a legal sworn statement. So it's, uh, you know, with the consequence of perjury, if you are caught lying, intentionally lying. Um, so the thing is, you can write an affidavit uh, that can be completely false. It can be like in your intention to mislead. But if your lawyer, who would be in this case, like Rudy Giuliani, isn't presenting that to the court, nobody cares. Like you can lie on those fucking affidavits or whatever. Um, and that's what he's doing. He's not submitting any of these affidavits to the court because he knows that a lot of these people, like ha- like the few that have been uh, vetted or cross-examined by the other, um, by the defendant or something, or like by uh, other people, um, it's found that they don't actually know what was actually happening or they didn't actually uh, know their what their job duties entailed or they misconstrued something or they thought that they heard something that they didn't. So a lot of these affidavits are just like, a f- I don't want to say frivolous, but like a lot of them are... Um, like useless because a lot of them are not even being allowed to like be uh, cross-examined or um yeah like i previously mentioned they're not even being submitted to the court so it's like it's pointless that they have like all this evidence like when rudy giuliani like gets up there and like shows that huge fucking stack of papers that means nothing submitted to the courts you know uh let the courts vet um and after the like the few people that they have done i think one of them was like a usps worker or whatever like but um yeah like UPS, one of those guys yeah yeah i saw one of those guys getting inter- interrogated by um one of the i don't know if it was like the attorney general of like the postal office or some shit like that i don't even know if they had one but it was like a pretty high up in that company and it just it's just pretty clear that this person did not really 
know what the hell was happening. Like he was uh, saying that he might have heard something uh, when he I guess like with the wording in the document, uh, it specifically states that he actually heard those following words or whatever. But when he gets starts getting cross examined, there's like a lot of holes in his stories. And um, he draws his original statement all the way back, like at the end of the uh, the, the examination uh, from I definitely heard this to I may have heard something that sounded like this. So, yeah, I don't I don't think like any of these lawsuits are going to go anywhere. I think they're just for show now. And that's kind of what we expected afterwards. You know, it's like when we were saying something along the lines of, um, oh, well, you know, a lot of people are still going to be dying, but Trump's going to continue with his fucking bullshit show. And I think that's what it is. That's what it's always been. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens there. Hopefully nothing. But well, before we conclude our show, I want to ask um, what you victor and our listeners think um so what is that michael cohen michael cohen is trump's former lawyer um but he wrote a book on donald trump and then he was basically saying that trump you know he was acknowledging that you know he was the blindest in his circle and in trump's inner circle um because he didn't think that trump was a racist or that trump was a bully you know he was just sort of eccentric in his own way is what he says um do y'all think that other people in trump's campaign will break away and eventually start saying the same thing Mm, i don't know it's kind of hard to say Mm. Cause it's like, uh, I like, I don't know what type of relationship they had. I don't know if he's just lying to like, you know, save face. Like, uh, I don't know. There's like a lot to like analyze there, but uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people would be hard pressed to like not notice that there's something going on with this guy, you know? And I think, um, even if, even if they want to like say everything that he says is a joke, a lot of his actions and a lot of the harm that he's done is very real. You know, it's like, okay, whatever, take your jokes. But like a lot of the policies that you passed, a lot of the rhetoric, the rhetoric that you've used has caused harm. So I don't even think it fucking matters that like, you know, like everything that he was saying was being perceived as a joke by like his inner circle or whatever. I think, I don't know. Mm. I, mean, I think you have to be like very naive to have not seen that. But I mean, if that's what he perceived it as, like, I guess I can't really, you know, argue with that. I would just say he has like a yeah. fucking lack of judgment that I would never trust for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that's something that I'm, I'm interested in seeing, you know, if before he leaves office, cause he's going to be, you know, some people spe- are speculating that he's going to, that Trump is going to be pardoning some people, um, you know, before he leaves. So I was just curious, you know, if that might be something that, uh, you had thought about, but if anybody in the audience, you know, has any thoughts on that, come on and maybe uh you know that's something we could talk about too but yeah so but um, yeah yeah well that was episode seven of uh (laughs) you gonna close it out sorry i was just gonna say that brings us to the conclusion of episode seven yeah for sure guys um it was a little bit of a i don't want to say like a rough like draft or anything like that it's just that we started you know writing down a lot of the uh, things that we want to do I guess we just started, uh, or I guess we tried to be a little bit more structured this episode. So if it's a little weird, you know, apologies. Hopefully we'll get a little bit better. Um, again, if you have like any feedback or any, um, you know, tips for improving, definitely hit us up. We want to make sure that we continue to do so. Uh, yeah, and continue to grow and yeah, continue to just grow. <laughs> but again, remember to follow us on our uh, social media. On Twitter, we are Podcast Demon. And on our newly made TikTok and Instagram, we are Demon Podcast with a uh, forthcoming you know facebook page soon yeah guys again uh hopefully we'll come back for with uh, other hot spicy topics next week um again we want to do something like a segment on you know self-improvement or 
um, a specific, you know, aspect of politics or something like that, and then kind of focus on that and then maybe talk about current topics at the end like we did today. So let us know if you like that format. Let us know what you think. And we will catch you guys next week. Take care. All right. Bye.